Welcome to episode five of the First Step Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to meet one of your child's greatest needs, the need for unconditional love and acceptance. Welcome to the First Step Podcast from your friends in Wombaland. This podcast is designed to give you practical tips that'll help you lay a strong spiritual foundation in the heart of your preschooler. My name is Kendra Fleming, and I'm the host of the First Step Podcast. I've been a part of North Point Ministries for 17 years, and if you know me at all, you know kids and families are my favorite. Today, I'm going to share with you how to meet one of the greatest needs your kids will ever have, the need for unconditional love and acceptance. As we move through this episode, I'm going to give you three practices that I think will help you meet this need for your child. Uh, Now, when my first baby was born, her name is Jessica. She is now 27 years old, but I remember the day she was born perfectly. I just remember everything about it. And I I remember uh, my husband was in the State Police Academy in another city in Virginia, and he was rushing uh, to get there in time, and he he made it. and And when she was born and they placed her in my arms, I loved her from the moment that I knew she existed. I mean, I was just so in love with that kid. I was just immediately connected and bonded. I wanted to do everything right. I really wanted to be a great parent. My husband felt the same way. I remember that first night we were so excited um, and so exhausted, but we couldn't go to sleep because we just wanted to hold her and look at her. We were so excited that she was born. And um, when we got home from the hospital, my husband was able to stay home for a couple days, and then he had to go back uh, to the into the State Police Academy. And, and so I was home alone for uh, several nights during the week and he would come home on the weekends and I remember this little sweet newborn uh, she wouldn't stop crying it was it tended to be in the middle of the night she would I, nothing I could do would comfort her she wasn't hungry uh, she was just upset and screaming and crying and I would try everything and I was so worried and and in the hospital I thought this is going to be great nobody will love her more than I do but in these nights when I couldn't make her happy I started to question am I going to be good at this like is she really going to know how much I love her and will my love for her be enough to like overcome all of these things and if I can't even get her happy or comforted like really am I going to be good at this for my child and I began to have some of those questions and thoughts and doubts in my mind and um, as time went on I now I you know I added more kids to our family we had four kids and life got busier and as as, as we got busier and hectic uh, then this idea of will they know how much I love them and will that love uh, be a good foundation for them got kind of crowded out with well how busy we are and going on vacation and getting everyone to doctor's appointments and uh, to Two little girls in ballet and one little boy in uh, t-ball and the girls in t-ball and all that kind of stuff like our home got busy and got full and and there was a moment in time when I really uh, realized like we were so busy running and gunning with two three four little preschoolers as we added them um, that there were times when from beginning to the end of the day I wasn't really sure that I had communicated and connected to them in a loving way we had just been really busy So I want to stop for a minute and tell you something, parents. There's one really big thing that your kids need from you. That and if you get that one thing right, all of these other things, these hectic, busy things, these doubts that you might have will begin to fall into place. The one thing that your children need from you is they need to know that you love them unconditionally. 
They need to know that you accept them unconditionally. They need to know that they belong. And when you give them this unconditional love, it helps them know that they belong and that they are part of your family, that they are forever connected. They have this place in the world and it is with you. Um, it is a, it is kind of love that is communicates no matter what you do or you don't do, uh, no matter what you accomplish, no matter who you become, no matter how you mess up. Um, if you would learn to lean in your child's direction relationally for their whole life in big and small ways, then you'll do a really good job of communicating unconditional love. Now, listen, unconditional love and acceptance of your child as a parent, it actually gives you something very powerful in the heart of your child. It gives you influence. When your child knows that you love them and that you accept them, it doesn't mean that you're not uh, unhappy sometimes with what they do. It doesn't mean that they don't need to be corrected or redirected or or um, at times have to face the consequences. It doesn't mean any of that. Um, but when they know without a doubt that you love them unconditionally, it gives you influence in their life. It gives you a voice uh, to what is happening in their life. It opens a door in their heart and they will begin to grow to listen and care about what you have to say. Now listen, unconditional love and acceptance is also very important to your child. So it not only as a parent gives you great influence and a powerful voice in their life, but for your child, it gives them stability. It gives them self-esteem. It offers comfort when things are going wrong. It can relieve anxiety or in the midst of anxiety, it can still bring a sense of safety. It will help your kids begin to and be able to take healthy risks. Uh, it'll give them a sense of confidence. Ultimately, no matter what goes wrong, knowing that you love them and that you accept them, that they belong with you, it will give them a safe place to land for their entire life. So let's talk about three practices that you can live out daily in your life that will help you communicate unconditional love and acceptance to your child. And, and here's something that I want you to think about. This, this kind of played out in our home in a funny way. Um, just because you know internally that you love your kid unconditionally and you know internally that uh, forevermore they belong with you, if you do not learn the practices of actually communicating that to your child in a way that they can hear and understand and relate to, it's possible that what you know and think and believe in your heart is not actually communicated to the heart of your child. Uh, a funny example I have of this that uh, will kind of help you see this is um, when my kids were little, I always thought I was kind of a soft spoken mom and didn't really raise my voice and those kind of things. And uh, I remember uh, once fussing at them to pick up their room that it was nap time or something like that. And their room was a mess. And they were just, you know, three, four and five year olds. And I remember my oldest daughter saying, Mom, stop yelling. Like you just sound so mad. And I, I didn't feel mad. I truly didn't inside. But my intensity of communication to get it done was communicating anger to my child. And uh, so I, I didn't really knock down the uh, the intensity necessarily, because I wanted them to pick up their room, but I stopped and said, hey, I am not mad, but I need you to obey, and we're going to pick up this room together, and we're going to get it done. Uh, it, it's time to get busy. So I, I tell you that to say that sometimes what you think and believe in your heart or the emotion that you're feeling is not actually what's conveyed to your children. So as we go through these three practices, I think it will help you not only uh, know in your heart how much you love your kids, but be able to convey in such a way that your kids walk away and believe it. Uh, so the first uh, practice that I want you to uh, think about is to prioritize relationships above everything else. Relationships are the channel through which everything else you need to teach uh, will flow through 
the best. Relationships are the channel that will help you have tough conversations. Relationships are the channel that will build a bridge when somebody is going through something difficult or rebellious or makes a huge mistake. Relationships are the channel that consistently through life help communicate that I am for you, I am with you, and, and that I uh, that you belong with me. Uh, this will help your kids grow up from a place of security that you give them a core of self-esteem that it's not based on their behavior, it's not based on their achievement or their grade, but that you love them because they are yours. You love them because you have a relationship with them. When you um, prioritize relationships above all else, it makes it a little easier to say, you know what, I'm going to say no to cleaning the kitchen right now and go ahead and run upstairs and spend a little bit more time with my four-year-old at bedtime. Uh, it will help you know that uh, you're going to prioritize having family vacations uh, and saving for those rather than driving the coolest car. When you prioritize relationships, it will help you know that no matter how tired you are, you're just going to wait up because that's your chance to talk to your college kid, or that's your chance to have some time with your spouse who's getting home late from work. Now listen, this doesn't mean that as a parent, you are just at your child's beck and call, that every relational need they have, you know, you're just tuned into, they feel lonely, or they feel sad, or all of those things. Like, you should pay attention to that. But to be a healthy parent, you still need to get things done in the house, and you still need to take care of yourself, and uh, you need to have healthy boundaries. So don't hear me say that, because I know some people are so relationally wired, it will trump all things. And that's not really perfectly great for your child either. Um, prioritizing relationships means that sometimes correction is needed. Uh, prioritizing relationships means sometimes that you set aside time later in the day, but you go ahead and take care of yourself or your responsibilities right now, but you communicate to your child later in the day, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about that. But I promise you that if you prioritize relationships with your children, with your spouse, with the people in your life who are important to you, then those important, tough conversations that you need to have, they will be heard by your children. The times when you have to make them wait because they know you live a life that prioritizes them, it will be easy for them to wait because they know you will always circle back and make your relational connection to them a priority. Okay, let's talk about practice number two. So practice number one is to prioritize your relationship above all else. Practice number two is to have a plan. Now, um, the reason that I like this idea of having a plan uh, is I read this really great book. You're going to recognize it right away, but I read it when I was a young mother called The Five Love Languages of Children. I really, this book just resonated with me, and I recommend that you get the one that is for children because it just so clearly communicated to me that I needed to uh, have a plan to speak love and acceptance and belonging to my children in a way that they heard, in a way that resonated most strongly with them. Now, one thing I'm going to tell you is in the preschool years, I personally do not recommend that you try to label which one of these uh, five love languages is the most powerful for you and for your child. I actually recommend that as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, that you get really good at speaking all five of the love languages. Uh, you will find as your kids grow that it will be obvious, oh, that, that one is definitely like words of affirmation. We're going to get into that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you that really unconditional love is best communicated by speaking through these all, all five of these. And the reason I like the practice of having a plan is it just immediately put word pictures. It seemed tangible. It seemed like something that I could actually, I'm, I'm a planner. 
there. I could write out uh, in a plan and say, like, I'm going to plan this time, this quality time with them. I'm going to plan this gift with them. It, it became very practical for me to have a plan. So I'm going to go through very, very quickly. I recommend you get the book because there's so much more to learn. But the first one I want to talk to you about is the love language of words of affirmation. So you will find as time goes on that some of your children really, they gravitate to your words and your praise, and they probably have a lot of words themselves. But I'm going to tell you that every single child of mine, every child I've ever been around, that one of my most powerful tools of communicating that I accept you, that you're safe with me, that it's okay to talk about this has almost always been through the words that I can use. So think about this. Words encourage, they affirm, they appreciate. They um, they empathize. Uh, they, I, I would recommend when you're thinking about words of affirmation that you're careful uh, with your criticism, especially to someone who's very sensitive to words, that you really think about when you're giving them feedback that you um, not only point out the thing they need to work on, but that you give them encouragement for how they can improve. Um, you can write notes as your kids get older and your spouse, you can text each other. Uh, I remember my mom. My mom is really good at writing letters to my kids and to me. And for a while, she lived in Montana. And I lived in Virginia, and she would write me and my children letters. And I remember she wrote uh, this really sweet note to my daughter, Jessica, when she was just a little girl. And I went ahead and framed it, and I put it beside her bed because I knew, if anything, I wanted her to wake up every day and see those words that came from my mom to her. Post praise publicly so everyone can see it. Use sticky notes. uh, Leave notes around the house or in the kitchen. Uh, Look for ways to encourage, to appreciate, and to use words with your children. Okay, the next one is acts of service. Uh, Now, acts of service, you may feel like as a preschool parent, all I do all day long is serve my child, and that is really true. So one thing I want to encourage you on is those mundane, everyday tasks that you are doing to serve your child. When you're washing their face and hands, uh, when you are folding laundry for them, when you are making sure that they have a good lunch, all of those things, those acts of service are communicating your love and your acceptance to your child. They are mundane, but I'm telling you again and again that you spend your whole life doing those things for them, you are communicating how much you love them. Uh, As they get a little bit older into twos, threes, and fours, you can say like, hey, that looks heavy. Let's carry it together. Or hey, your playroom is a mess and I know you're really tired, so let's clean it up together. Look for projects or chores to help them with. Uh, When you know that they are overwhelmed with something, uh, do projects with them together. They will also just enjoy helping you, making snacks, loading dishwashers, things like that, that they can help and do with you. But that uh, that serving together will communicate love to them. The next one is receiving gifts. Now, this one is not mine, uh, but it is definitely a part of our family. And I find that gifts can be so meaningful and they create things that you remember. And you might even think in these preschool years, like, I don't even know if they'll remember all these gifts and they probably won't remember all the millions of toys. But even as your kids get older, I have saved some of the special like baby dolls or Buzz Lightyears or whatever it was that my kids were into that were given to them by me or the dad or grandparent and pulled them back out as they got older. And gifts were very meaningful. For some children that have a parent that travels a lot or grandparents that come into town, gifts begin to communicate love like it's a reconnection to that person. And so I would definitely recommend that you, as speaking love and acceptance to your child, that you get good at thinking of ways to give meaningful gifts. They don't have to be expensive. They can be very simple and you weave that in to your routine with your family. 
The next one is quality time. I have several children who need and desire quality time, and this is really hard in our our busy world and working parents and all of those kinds of things. And so find times and places to have uninterrupted conversations. Car rides, really good for this. Bedtime, we talk about that a lot. Really good for this. Quality time with your child. I know one of mine loved to play skip bow when they were just in those early elementary years. And we played over and over one whole summer and kept score on a on a sticky note in my bedroom. We played on my bed every night. Like that was just quality time. I was really sick of skip bow after like a week of it, but we just continued to play because they wanted uh, quality time. I remember one of my friends used to take her child out of school to spend a day with her and I was so appalled because I was just that parent that you don't miss school, right? But um, when she would take them out of school, they would plan a special day and she would just carve out time and she was just like, I just know they needed my time and it created a special memory and she influenced me so powerfully with that that I began to do that myself with different ones of my children. So quality time is another one. Uh, The last one I want to share with you is physical touch and to me, this is the best and easiest one in these preschool years because they are all over you, right? They want to hug you. They want to kiss you. They're, cl- I mean, if anything, at the end of the night, you're like, nobody touch me. Nobody touch me, right? Um, but your kids, when you see them, greet them with a big hug. Get down on their level and see them face to face. Wrap them up and spin them around the room. Uh, when you're reading a book, let them sit right in your lap. Every child, they need you to speak all of these things to them. As your kids get older and it becomes more difficult, just remember every elementary child, every middle school boy, they still need you to hug them, to rub their back, to take care of them when they're sick. Like Take advantage of these moments to connect with them through physical touch. So our practice number two is to have a plan. I just really quickly outlined one of my favorite plans, and we're going to go to practice number three. Practice number three is to remember how much God loves you how much God loves you, how much God loves me. Like ultimately God is constantly pursuing us in a relationship. He cares about us. He um, is still with us and wants to know when, and he knows already when we mess up and when we make mistakes and when we even just flat out fail and do things we know that are wrong, he is still always leaning in our direction. He is always uh, looking to build a bridge with us. He is pursuing a relationship with us for, for all time. One of my favorite um, stories in the Bible is a story about Moses, and I, I'm going to assume that you know a lot of that, or you've at least seen a movie about that. But in Moses's life, uh, he was one. Uh, we know a lot of detail about his life, but he was one of those people that God used in a great way. But he made mistakes. He had flaws, but he saw God show up in unbelievable ways. And God was with him when things were rich and adventurous and amazing. And God also pursued him when things were terrifying and heartbreaking and tragic. And there's a really great verse in there that's really just one of my all-time favorite verses, and it is, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Now, the reason that I love that verse, it's found in Deuteronomy, is because it is a perfect picture to me of the fact that I need to remember how much God loves me, how he pursues uh, having a relationship with me, how he cares when I make mistakes, how he is quick and willing to forgive me, how he brings me comfort and says that no matter how fearful or terrifying it may be, he will always stay connected to me. Now, I'm going to wrap up by telling you this story. I was sitting in Starbucks 
probably last year sometime. Uh, and I'm not even a big coffee drinker. So I was just in there working away. And I was at one of those big long tables where a lot of different people sit that you don't know them, right? And I was spread out and very focused on my computer. And I was you know, kind of taking a mental break. And I looked up and there was a college age kid across the table from me. And on the back of his computer was a University of Georgia UGA sticker. Uh, So I live in Georgia. That's not unusual to see that. And he kind of looked up at the same time. We made eye contact and smiled at each other. And I said, do you go to the University of Georgia? And uh, he said, no. And immediately on his face, I saw all this emotion, right? I don't know this kid at all, but I have a house full of college kids at this time or young adults. And my heart was immediately empathetic to him. And, and so I said, hey, do you want, you know, is everything okay? And do you want to go to UGA? And so we talked for a few minutes and uh, just in a small way, I mean, maybe he needed to talk to somebody. Maybe I just seemed like a friendly face at the moment. He began to tell me the story about how his parents went to University of Georgia, his grandparents, his older brother, aunts, uncles, uh, they were big fans. And if you live in Georgia, you know, college is a big deal around here where you go to college and college football and all that kind of stuff. And so ultimately, he began to tell me the story about how he did not get into the University of Georgia. And he was emotional about it. And so I just started kind of talking with him and brainstorming other ways that I know other kids have gotten in later and talked to him about other schools that are just as great. And we had a good conversation. But I walked away from that thinking to myself, that I want my kids to have this strong foundation of knowing that no matter what happens, they are loved and they are accepted by me and that I'm always a safe place for them to come back to. And ultimately, parents, you're going to want this too, because later in life, your only influence in their life, your only ability to have a voice in their life is through your relationship with them. So my advice to you is to lean in your child's direction for their entire life. Have a plan. Make relationships a priority. And remember that God is always pursuing you, that He loves you unconditionally. I hope this episode was helpful, and I hope you're able to grab onto these practices and use them in your own life and as you parent your children. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, and I hope you have a great week.